0: Ray Brown's Talking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com.
0: By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com.
2: And Video Books. An independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. Videobooks.com.
1: Good morning. Welcome to our show, number 875. Daylight saving time as we do our show live here on the 13th of March. Third third week in a row. Of course, we uh, send our thoughts to the besieged people of Ukraine and hope for better days ahead there soon. A little housekeeping note. uh, If you listen to our show sometimes on iTunes, we had a little glitch there last week. And the show wasn't available right away, but that was fixed. And it's up there now as well as on those other podcast providers. Well, right now you're probably asking yourself, where's Freya? Our traveling team member, Freya McGregor. She's about to deliver another avian audio postcard that even includes a lesson for us. Is she in Australia, Alabama, Texas, Florida? No, she's in Southern California where it's sunny and pleasant most of the time, here she is.
2: Hey everybody, it's Freya McGregor here. It is a rainy, cloudy day in San Diego, but Ridge rail doesn't care. You can probably hear the helicopters flying overhead. There's a lot of naval bases in San Diego one really close to this spot. This is Tijuana Slough National Wildlife Refuge and one thing it's famous for is habitat for Ridgeway's rail. I just had a great view of this bird that was squawking. It's got a really pinky orangey red bill. Um, Pretty big brown rail just standing next to a bit of uh, a creaky sort of bit of the estuary just squawking away good lesson that even if it's rainy and sort of miserable there's usually birds around who don't really care (laughs) okay bye
1: Mm. okay (laughs) thank you Freya well as you can tell from her accent Freya is from Australia and here's something pretty cool about another traveling Australian birder Millie Formby who wanted to better understand life as a bird so she learned how to fly Not by growing wings, but by getting her pilot's license. And she's about to take off soon on a more than 12,000-mile trip around the coast of mainland Australia in an ultralight aircraft. First woman to do it, it's believed. And then her dream is to fly from Australia to Siberia. And it's all to raise awareness for the critically endangered bar tailed Godwit that large wading bird that's become famous for flying nonstop between New Zealand and Alaska. And we'll have Millie on our show soon to tell us more about it. We hear lots of good advice on how to help the birds that visit our backyards, but our guest today suggests that doing all these good things doesn't mean much if the birds in your yard are suffering fatal injuries from two particular threats. We'll find out what those threats are when we talk with Jim Kuby. Uh, on this morning's show. Conservation Salute of the Week goes to La République Francaise, the country of France, where in an effort to curb plastic pollution, the government is rolling out a ban on plastic packaging for some produce. The ban for 30 fruits and vegetables took effect January 1st. Vendors have another six months to catch up with it. France has also banned other types of plastic packaging, including... Plastic sleeves for newspapers and advertising. In addition, tea sachets must be biodegradable. Plastic produce stickers must be compostable. Free plastic toys with menu items can no longer be offered by fast food restaurants. And drinking fountains must be available at locales open to the public to curb the use of plastic water bottles. French President Emmanuel Macron says... The plastic produce packaging ban is a real revolution, and he sees it, as an, sees it as an opportunity for France to lead the way in reducing plastic waste. Merci, Monsieur Macron, et toutes nos félicitations à vous. Meanwhile, our friend Jim Randolph down in Long Beach, Mississippi, tells of his way of fighting back against single-use plastics. He says, in part, Ray, I thought you might be interested in my pandemic lunch slash conservation story for most of the last two years i've eaten a salad in my car five days a week when i go back to work i wash the same plastic knife and fork i've used for those 24 months and i'm on my second wooden bowl yes the last bowl which served me about 22 months has been returned to the earth good for you jim and thanks for setting a great example for the rest of us and for demonstrating that even if we can't always avoid single-use plastics, we're making progress if we use those single items many, many times before proper disposal. Here's a salute to more of our Talking Birds ambassadors, the royalty of the Talking Birds audience who help us spread the word about our show and about birds and conservation. Thank you to a husband and wife duo Clayton and Cheryl from Chardon, Ohio. Cheryl says, I'd love to see tufted titmice and chickadees and cardinals, and thanks for your reporting. Thank you, Cheryl and Clayton. Thank you to Diana B. from Humboldt, Tennessee. Thank you so much, Diana, for becoming an ambassador. I think we're going to hear from another Tennessee Talking Birds ambassador in a little bit here this morning. We are truly grateful for the support of our listeners who become ambassadors and help us get the word out. Easy to do. Just go to the Get Involved tab at talkingbirds.com to sign up. Here's a bird with kind of a distinctive sound. If you can hear it, give it a chance here. It's a preview of our mystery bird contest coming along later in the show. It's a small songbird with a yellow head and underparts, a black line through the eye, and bluish-gray wings with two white wing bars. Our bird winters in the tropics. And breeds over the northeast quadrant of the U.S. pretty much and down into parts of Alabama and Georgia. Found in open woodland areas and forest clearings where its food consists mainly of insects. It famously hybridizes with another small songbird to produce a species with the first name Brewster. As a clue in the sound of our bird, we have beautiful prizes here from Droll Yankee's gorgeous sunflower seed feeder, the new generation sunflower seed feeder drill Yankees, now part of the great classic brands. And we have birds and beans coffee prizes on our mystery bird contest coming up in a bit. Uh, Meanwhile, uh, also on our show today, Jim Cuby, Mike O'Connor will be with us too. And uh, now a bird that's caused as much excitement down in the big state of Texas as a common cuckoo caused last year in the little state of Rhode Island is today's featured feathered friend. Presented by Birdwatching Magazine. For more than a quarter century, birdwatching has been North America's premier magazine about wild birds and birding. At first glance, our featured feathered friend looks a bit like a miniature peregrine falcon. In flight, it's said to resemble a white-collared swift. In December 2021, the first ever recorded U.S. sighting of this bird occurred at the Santa Ana Wildlife Refuge in Hidalgo County... In the Rio Grande Valley of Texas, the bird is the bat falcon. Bat falcon adults have a black back, head and tail. They're creamy white on the throat, upper breast and sides of the neck with a black lower breast and belly that are finely barred in white and with orange thighs. The falcon in Texas is thought to be a juvenile because of the buff colored throat and chest barring. Bat falcon adults measure about 9 inches in length, with a wingspan of 18 to 19 inches, a bit smaller than a merlin. They're called bat falcons, by the way, because bats make up a good portion of their diet, along with insects and other birds. It's not entirely surprising that this bird was spotted in Texas, since a number of them have been seen just across the border in Mexico over the past 20 years or so. But will we be seeing bat falcons beyond South Texas? Well, in a comment on Facebook, a U.S. Fish and Wildlife spokesperson said they don't know why the bird came to the U.S., but that its range definitely seems to be expanding. The bat falcon, Falco refigularis. Today's talking Birds. Featured Feathered Friend Welcome again to our show Number 875 And just a reminder about that Website where you can find uh, lots of other Stuff like our Facebook and Talking Birds Flock and Twitter and Instagram and all that Stuff and lots of uh, information There dot TalkingBirds.com Is that website well, Jim Cuby's resume includes time as chief counsel for the United States Senate Agriculture Committee. He's now policy outreach consultant for the Ornithology Center at Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and he joins us right now this morning from Arizona. Good morning, Jim. Well, we're not uh, we're not hearing Jim. I think we've got him cranked up here, but. Good. Good morning. Ah, there you are. Good. 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 Well, you're all the way in Arizona, so we that's right. Shouldn't expect to hear you right away like that. So, Jim, this was, I believe, a Facebook posting recently that you made, and there's a provocative headline. It says, "A doctor would never counsel his patients like bird or bird organizations advise homeowners." What is this bad advice that we're getting, Jim?
3: Well, if, if you went to the doctor and you smoked three packs a day mm-hmm. and you came home and told your wife, well, he told me to walk a lot. And he told me <laughs> to eat better. She'd say, did he tell you anything else? No. Mm. <laughs> really? The doctor <laughs> should have told him that the one thing he had to do was to stop smoking. Mm-hmm. All the others don't matter because smoking kills him. Now, really, it's the same way with Birds. How you manage your backyard is very important from a bird point of view. We're losing. We only have seven billion birds left. Uh, when I started birding, we had thirty uh, percent more than that. Mm-hmm. Uh, in your backyards, cause something between a billion and two billion—about a billion deaths per year. I know that's a staggering number, mm-hmm. but it's been vetted and peer review articles and so forth. Mm -hmm. And the reason is our windows kill birds and outdoor cats kill birds. Many people, everybody pretty well understands that cats do it, but Mm -hmm. some people just refuse to control their cats. Mm -hmm. Uh, But windows is something most people, many people don't know about. There's 40 years of research that shows basically birds hit windows. Uh, We don't know how they think. Mm -hmm. The only explanation, uh, other than that they don't see windows, is they're committing mass suicide, and that's not very likely. likely. They simply do not see windows Mm -hmm. crash into them, and about two birds, at least two birds, are killed at every house, Mm -hmm. and uh, if you feed, it's four, six, or eight birds. Now... If you ask your, if you go online and say, "What should I do to protect birds in my yard?", you'll get a whole list of things. And I, I, use the number ten, but you know, it's like add water, add cover, uh, uh, stop using pesticides, and so forth. Mm-hmm. Now, all of these are good things, mm-hmm. but they really divert us from doing the two things that actually save birds today and tomorrow, and they are preventing window collisions and keeping your cat inside. Now, preventing window collisions is inexpensive and easy to do. Uh, At my site, birdfriendlyyards.net backslash protect birds, I have a consumer guide that gives you real good advice on how to do it. We need to do this, my friends. It's not just a matter of numbers. It's also a matter of compassion. You would never invite into your, you'd never bring home a pet from a pound and put it in the backyard where it's likely to get killed, would you? No. Mm -hmm. It's the same with birds. We invite them into our yards, and we have to treat them with the same kind of compassion. Mm -hmm. And so you're sitting there loving, watching these birds, and some of those birds, about two, four, six, are going to die, hitting your windows and my friend's cats is even a bigger problem and i'm talking about home cats mm-hmm. not feral
1: cats
2: mm-hmm.
1: well we know about uh, the, the the cat problem and a lot of people kind of feeling like their cats are not doing this when when in, even though uh, they probably are um but in terms of the window crashes people might not believe that birds are crashing into their windows because they don't find any dead birds in their yard but there are good reasons for that right
3: Yes, there are, there are two reasons. First is, uh, it, it takes a part of a second for a bird to hit a window. And uh, you're not there during the daytime most of the time. Even if you're retired, you're in the other room most of the time. Mm-hmm. Second, uh, when that bird hits the window, it, it, two things happen. One, it's killed immediately and probably falls in behind your shrubbery where there's ground cover. Mm-hmm. And if you go to the site... You'll see a photo of uh, a yard with a ground cover, and there are actually five dead birds in that ground cover, and you won't see them. They're just Mm -hmm. camouflaged. That's the way birds are. Second, some of them fly away. Now, about 75% of those that fly away uh, die anyway. And the reason is very simple. Uh, They're stunned, and predators (laughs) love a stunned bird. In fact, some occipiters have learned to drive birds that are their victims into windows so they can stun them and kill them. There are hundreds of millions of birds dying, hitting home windows. And for any person to pretend they don't hit my windows is just not realistic. They do. Jim, give us that. Well, let me just say, I thought... I thought birds didn't hit my windows, too, okay? (laughs) And I started this because it happened to me. And then I put window control, uh, bird prevention, on all the windows in my sunroom. I said, hey, that's where the birds come from from the woods. I'm taking care of it. One day I'm sitting at my desk, which is on the front of the house. I'm actually writing a memo or something about bird collisions, and I hear that awful sound. Mm Well, I knew what it was. Mm -hmm. I went out and I looked at my front door, Mm -hmm. and a bird had hit my glass front door. Never thought it would, mm-hmm. but it did. It did. Now I put up a Feather Friendly there. There's, there's mm-hmm. many other products that do well. One warning, do not buy a product like Window Alert. Mm-hmm. If you install that product, as they advise, it does not work. Mm-hmm. You have to break the vision of your window Two inches by two inches.
1: I have to give a little plug for our Feather Friendly. They're they're a partner of our show and we, we give away those kits and as you say they they really do work. Jim, we are just flat out of time here, but would you give your website address one time before we go?
3: Sure. birdfriendlyyardsnet backslash protect.
1: Birds. But you you want to change that address, by the way, at some point. Well, right?
3: actually, <laughs> I do. Uh, you know, when I started four years ago, I thought bird friendly it was just the thing to do, mm-hmm. and now I realize you have to start with a safe yard. Mm-hmm. If you yard, there's no way a yard that kills bird is bird friendly. Mm-hmm.
1: But not to confuse things, just, just give us <laughs> that address one more time.
3: Birdfriendlyyards.net. Backslash protect
1: birds. All right, thank you so much, Jim QB. Welcome er. with the Ornithology Center at Muhlenberg College in Allentown, Pennsylvania, and joining us from Arizona. Thank you so much, Jim. Coming up next, it's our mystery bird contest in just one minute. The flutter of a tail feather, the flash of a wing bar in mid-flight. You don't always have a lot of time to identify a bird in nature let alone to appreciate its beauty. But with Vortex Optics, you'll have the power to bring every wild moment closer. When you choose Vortex, you're choosing to have a partner in the field as passionate about nature as you are. Whether you're spotting old friends on the backyard feeder or packing for a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip to add a few species to your life list, Vortex offers a full range of optics and optics accessories for every birder and every budget. And whether the birds are taking you to another state or another country, you're always covered by the Vortex VIP warranty, an unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. If you'd like to learn more, or if you need help choosing your next optic, give Vortex a call at 1-800-4-Vortex or visit vortexoptics.com. If you can hear it, that's our mystery. Mystery bird, a distinctive sound, but difficult to hear. A high pitch, kind of a little. Um, how do we? What do we call it? A kind of a buzz, a little buzz, and a little sound. Our mystery bird is a small songbird with a yellow head and underparts, a black line through the eye, and bluish gray wings with two white wing bars. Our bird winters in the tropics and breeds mostly over the northeast quadrant of the U.S. Found in open woodland areas and forest clearings, its food consists mainly of insects. It famously hybridizes with another small songbird to produce a species with the first name Brewster. Those are clues on the sound of our mystery bird. Prizes include a 12-ounce bag of delicious, bird-friendly, shade-grown birds and beans coffee. Coffee that not only tastes good, but is grown without herbicides, pesticides, and fertilizers under the natural forest canopy, preserving habitat for migrant and resident birds in the tropics. And our other prize, the Droll Yankees New Generation Sunflower Seed Feeder had all kinds of great uh, features there, including stainless steel wires that squirrels cannot chew. Those are the prizes, and here is the all-important phone number. Call us as soon as you possibly can. We're later than usual, even this morning, so... Please get to us as soon as you can. Tell us the answer or take your guess. No correct answer means a drawing will determine our winner. 781-837-4900 is the number. That's 781-837-4900. Meanwhile, can little birds eat big seeds? That's the question for Mike O'Connor, almost live from the archive. Let's ask Mike in just one minute books carries one of the largest selections of birding books in the world. New, used and rare books covering everything from backyard birding to general ornithology, from field guides to photography skills, biography, fiction, and humor. You'll find it all along with the knowledgeable customer service you've been looking for in one convenient place. beautybooks.com buteo beautybooks.com.
2: My name is Rochelle Backer and I live in Arlington, Tennessee. I became a Talkin' Birds ambassador because I love to talk to other people about birding and I wanted to introduce them to Ray Brown's Talkin' Birds. I struck up a conversation with a gentleman while looking at bird baths. He started sharing stories about his hummingbirds. I could tell he was really excited about birds, so I told him about the show and handed him
0: a couple cards.
3: Talkin' Birds listeners, we hope you'll join our ambassador's family at TalkinBirds.com. Join today and thanks.
0: Mike
1: O'Connor is down there at the Bird Watcher's General Store, Orleans, Cape Cod, where he's trying to convince people that little birds really can eat big seeds. At least I think that's what he's trying to do down there. Mike, good morning.
0: Yep, that's what I do every day. But first of all, I want to congratulate <laughs> you on getting your official chef. I, that's long overdue, man. That's going to separate believe- you from all the other radio shows. Though. Right, yeah. How come we never thought of that before? No, it's like a natural occurrence i think it does like, yeah yeah i oh I,
1: I i think uh, dan is probably gonna send us some food i mean he is the chef i mean yes. wouldn't that be part of the
0: deal i, <laughs> I think you better I, i'm looking forward to it that's where we should start anyway <laughs> and well, speaking of eating yeah, yeah you know all day long folks come in and they want to get a bird feeder And they ask me what seed, and I say the same thing every time, you know, sunflower seeds will get you the most birds, and they always, I stop them in their tracks, I go, no, 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 we want to get the little birds, and they can't seem to wrap their head around that, The little birds like the big sunflower seeds as well, they've got more nutrition, more energy, then they'll swallow the seeds, but they can't figure out how they open them. And basically, the chickadees, which probably will come first, they have no trouble, they grab the seed, and because they're chickadees, they don't hang around the field. They take off, and they go off in the bushes, and, and then they put it between their paws or their claws, not paws, and they just hammer them open. Bang, bang, bang. They get the shell off, and then they take the little pieces of the sunflower seed And they eat them, and people don't see that often because the birds take off, but that's how they do it. And then when the nuthatches come in, they'll grab the seed and go, but because nuthatches' feet are long, you know, they look like they're on, like, skis almost, because their feet are so long, they can't do the same thing. Mm. So what a nuthatch will do is fly off and go to a a crevice in a tree or under a piece of bark and jam the, the seed in there, and then, again, hack it open or hatch it open, hence the name nuthatch which is where which that name comes from, so they open it. And meanwhile, the finches, they these other two birds, chickadees and nuthatches uh, are omnivorous they eat seeds, but they also eat a lot of insects, so their beaks are thin for grabbing insects. Finches are mostly vegetarians, so they're just built for seeds. So when they land on the feeder, they don't have to fly back and forth. They just snap them open. Their bills are hard and kind of cone-shaped, got some tough edges on the side, mm-hmm. and they snap them right open and eat them right on the spot. So those are the birds that like the big seeds, and so if you want, there are a few birds that like the small millet, but those are mostly ground feeders like juncos and sparrows, and if you have a little millet, you can sprinkle that on the ground. But if you're doing a bird feeder, sunflower is the way to go, man. Sunflower it is. Black oil, right? Black oil. And let me know when that food comes in. I'll be over. I'll, I will share. <laughs> Thank you, Mike. Okay, talk next week. Bird Watching Magazine has a new membership program. Benefits include detailed bird ID articles from Ken Kaufman and David Sibley, tips and stories about bird photography, access to quarterly e-workshops on identifying and photographing birds, and complimentary print and digital subscriptions to Bird Watching magazine. Learn more at birdwatchingdaily.com slash
1: memberships. We'll get back to our mystery bird contest, but I should just mention uh, the chef that uh, Mike was referring to. That's our friend Dan Luckman from up in Peterborough, Ontario, Canada. He's a chef there, and a while ago, we asked him if he'd like to be the Talking Birds official chef, and he said yes. And we uh, still (laughs) haven't figured out how to uh, make that happen, or what should we do about that? But uh, we're going to get back to Dan shortly. Meanwhile, we're back to the mystery bird contest. Here's the bird. 781-837-4900 is the number. Dawn is in Quincy, Massachusetts. Good morning, Dawn. Good morning. Good morning. What do you say, Dawn, on that mystery bird there? Uh,
0: Just taking a quick
1: guess. American goldfinch. American goldfinch is the quick guess. It's got that yellow going on there for sure, but that would not actually be...
0: Okay, thank bird. you.
1: Thank you, Don. We go to Megan in Mountain View, Arkansas. Good morning, Megan. Good morning. Good morning. What uh, mountain are you viewing there? Is that.
0: Is, <laughs> uh, quite a few of them. <laughs> yeah?
1: What, what is the range there, the mountain range then?
0: It's
1: part of the Ozarks. Part of the Ozarks, okay. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. Mountain View, Arkansas. Sounds pretty nice. Well, what about our mystery bird? Uh, Megan, you heard some uh, clues and such there. What do you think? I think it's a blue-winged warbler. That is, you you're some good thinking there, right? That mountain air has you thinking very clearly. I can see (laughs) that. (laughs) Absolutely right. The blue-winged warbler is uh, correct. And we have time for a bonus question, I think. If you'd like to try it, you could win a nice uh, window, um, I mean, wisdom supply packet if you win this or get this right. So this is kind of an oddball question, but here we go. The 19th and 20th century centuries, plural, colloquial names for a North American shorebird included bullhead, field plover, greenback, muddy belly, and prairie pigeon. Which bird is this? Is it A, the American golden plover, B, the black-bellied plover, C, the purple sandpiper, or D, the very rare greenbacked, muddy-bellied, bullheaded, prairie plover pigeon? It would be one of the... <laughs> What do you
2: think? Um, it's a the heart. golden plover.
1: The American golden plover. I think we're going to give you some more applause here again. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> nice work, the American golden plover. So you're a, a double winner here, Megan. Thank you so much, and uh, we'll be sending those uh, beautiful prizes out to you uh, very shortly.
0: Thank
1: you. Okay. Thank you, Megan. Megan, there in Mountain View, Arkansas, correctly identifying. The uh, blue-winged warbler is our mystery bird. And the American golden plover is that uh, bullhead field plover, greenback, muddy belly, prairie pigeon. Meanwhile, that is going to be it for our show this morning. We are just about out of time. In terms of our next guest on the show, we have to say we're not exactly sure if we're going to have this guest, but I'm going to just see if I can get the details here real quickly while we try to uh, uh, figure this out and kind of get it uh, squared away. We are tentatively uh, hoping to have Mandy Telpas with us to talk about... The threats to birds in Hawaii, that's where she is. We have some other really interesting guests coming up. We mentioned Millie Formby, who's ready to fly all around the coastline of Australia in an ultralight plane. She'll be with us shortly. Those are among the guests we'll have very soon. Thanks for being with us this morning, and we'll see you next week. (laughs)
0: Ray Brown's Talking Birds.
1: Made possible by the generous support of the Bird Watchers General Store. Orleans, Cape Cod. Birdwatchersgeneralstore.com.
0: By Vortex Optics. With the VIP warranty. Their unlimited lifetime promise to keep you and your optic covered. Learn more at vortexoptics.com.
2: And video books. An independent, family-owned bookstore carrying one of the largest selections of birding books in the world.